Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. on tonight on TV, Matt. Hmm. Married with children? Possibly. <laughs> Al Bundy won through four touchdowns in one game. Huh. It's the NFL. Ah! It's football. Ooh. It's back on tonight. I love it. It's my favorite day of the year. Mine too, buddy. To the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, fellow host, Matt O'Hara. Oh, hey, what's up, man? Hey, it's a big day today. No, what's what? What? It's a big day. Football's oh, yeah. on today. It's that's, Thursday. That's right. The Falcons are going to play the Eagles. Hmm. Uh, we're going to see some Devontae Freeman, some Julio Jones, see a little rookie action of Calvin Ridley out nice. there with Muhammad Sanu. Who? That's right, Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. Easy come, easy go. Bye-bye now. Queen said it best. Uh you know, Philly side, we're going to see J.J. Yeah. We're going to see Zach Ertz. We're going to see Studley, Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Vulture, all Zach Ertz touchdowns. Right. Really worried about Zach Ertz this year for some reason now because I think, I think Dallas Goddard's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we're going to see a little bit of Nelson Algalore out there to shine. Nice. No Alshon. No Alshon, right? Yeah, no Alshon. He's going to be out for a couple of days. But we're fat. we finally made it after Weird. all this work. We get, you know, it feels like yesterday we just started breaking down the rookies. Uh, and here we are. All the drafts are complete. All the hard work is done. And now we're ready for week one. Week one, the easiest week to get ready for. Yeah. Unless you're Le'Veon Bellow. Because <laughs> then you're screwed. Because then you don't know what to do. Hopefully you drafted James Conner. Yep. So, um, you know, week one, there's not a lot to really, there's no hidden gems to get out there. You're going to start your best players on your roster. I mean, if you have a couple guys that are close, you know, maybe like a Michael Crabtree kind of guy and a, um, I don't know. Yeah, we're you know, Keelan Cole type of guy. Keelan Cole yeah. kind of guy. You know, it might be one of those kind of questions. But for the most part, you're going to start your studs. You know what's going to get you where you need to go. Don't need to get too risky. Um, really want to come away with that week one because every win counts. We know that. You know, every win counts. There's never just give up like, ah, oh, I can lose this week. My team's sweet. Yeah. And then come week 13, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Should have won. Should have put in a little bit more effort there in those first couple weeks. But th- at the same time, it is a little bit of trial and error at the beginning of the year because sometimes there are some fluky things that happen week one, week two, week three, kind of as the guys try to round themselves into – game speed i think you know regular season game speed yeah with the way they do preseason now and people not really playing the way they change practices where they don't practice as much it does it takes a little bit to get going uh and get that chemistry uh definitely haven't been the same system for a long time so mm-hmm. it's, that's pretty good advice for like early on in the first couple of weeks is don't jump to drastic conclusions ride it out mm-hmm. even if you know a stud player having a couple of bad games you, you ride it out you, you you ride with that guy because it is going to take a little bit of time and for the same part don't do the thing where, oh, hey, player A just, you know, he had a really good week, you know, or we see 
just for example, you know, like Jalen Samuels, for some reason, outscores James Conner, and he comes in there, he's studly, and like, all right, next, and Le'Veon Bell comes back, you're like, I'm still starting Jalen Samuels, he's a PPR machine. And then you start that guy and does nothing, you're like, oh, what happened? What happened? Like, don't don't make drastic decisions on the opposite end, where somebody comes in there, you know, Chester Rogers for the, the Colts comes in and has eight catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. You're like, I'm starting him next week for sure. No, he has earned a look. You know, so, I mean, you know, he's done well and you say, hey, you know, string string a couple more games like that together and, and maybe you'll find your way into my, my lineup here. But, yeah, you don't want to throw him in right away. You can say that all year, too. Sometimes when people get desperate at the end of the year, they're trying to, like, make the playoffs and then they'll have, like, Golden Tate on their bench. And then, meanwhile, Joe Blow just had a nice game last week and they're like, oh, I'm going to play Joe Blow. Even though for the first 12 weeks he's done jack squat. But this week... He's going to build off that momentum, and then you lose by one point because right. you started Joe Blow and Golden Tate had 15 points. Yeah, I mean, you can obviously randomly catch lightning in a bottle with a guy, and, and, and he could end up winning you a game, but most of the time you're going to end up chasing your tail and, and chasing the, the points, basically. And, and you'll you'll feel, you'll get to that that point when you're feeling like you can never get the right lineup in if you, if you play that way. Then you start second-guessing yourself. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you want to catch lightning in a bottle pretty much when, uh, you know, when your guy's on bye or he's hurt. You put a guy in there for that one week, and then he has a really good week. You're like, yeah, that's why you're on my bench, buddy. Yep, exactly. You're my bench, buddy. You're a little B&B. Yeah. Well, little, uh, what was that, uh, my buddy? Remember that guy? I do. My, my buddy. buddy. My buddy and kid sister. And kid, <laughs> I forgot about kid sister. <laughs> I, had, I had two sisters growing up, so, of course, I knew about kid sister uh, as well. My buddy and me. Mm-hmm. What a good friend he was. Yeah. Didn't say much. No, he didn't. Thankfully. Oh, thank God. It'd be pretty creepy if he did. Named my buddy Chucky. Yeah. Uh, So, little news and notes. Sure. We lose Jarek McKinnon. That's a big blow. Out for the year. Mm -hmm. You know, hurts me. I had a lot of Jarek McKinnon shares. I traded first and a second for him. Yeah. Uh, As soon as he signed with San Francisco, hurts me a little bit. Put me in position, though, to get guys like Matt Breda. Right. Though, he was somebody that we mentioned last year pick up. And... Mm -hmm. As today we're going to talk about, you know, some guys that made the the, the final 53-man roster. Most of these names you will know. Some of them you might not know. But guys you kind of want to monitor or pick up off on your waiver wire if they are available in stash. And we'll end this, too. And there's a good example at the end of it. But, you know, Matt Braid is another example who showed a little bit, had a really good spark score there in San Francisco. Picked him up off the waiver wire just about every single league if he was possible. But he is somebody we said pick up. Great and running back system. Yes. Right. And here we are a year later, and he's going to start week one for San Francisco. Uh, right now he's listed number one on the depth chart ahead of Alfred Moore, which was, was a little surprising. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a timeshare committee hey, there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, Matt Pareda is obviously – not like a he's not a bruiser type of back. He's only he's only right around two hundred pounds. Um, I think he's listed one hundred ninety five pounds actually. So he, I think he'll be more of a pass catching PPR type of guy. Well, while obviously Alf Morris has never been a guy that catches passes, so never. I think he'll be the guy that's between the tackles and and more of a, a thumper that way. And they'll use Mosert. Uh, I mean, uh, Morris. His name's Morris. No, the other guy. Breda. Breda, Breda. thanks. <laughs> They'll Matt use Breda. Breda as a PPR type of guy. Sorry. Raheem Mos- uh, Mosert uh, is the other guy that's like kind of like their third back now. Somebody to keep an eye on. I mean, it could be Kyle Juszczyk, too, the fullback who catches right. the ball well there. And the way I like Breda is, you know, because he can catch the football. I mean, I know Alvin Silva came out. I'm like, oh, look at, uh, you know, Juszczyk, too. I don't really see that coming into fruition. 
uh, with him being a very a viable fantasy option, definitely in the passing game. I do think Breda can can take over, take over that role with his athleticism. I know he's not a renowned pass catcher, and that's what we don't know him for, but we also don't know a lot about him as it is. So, you know, with this injury happening so close to the start of the season, they've been implementing their offense throughout the year. And a big part of that offense has been Jarek McKinnon catching footballs out of the backfield. We've been hearing about it for months now, and that's been a big part of their offense. And I don't see them just magically changing all of that just because McKinnon goes down. I think they're going to still try and utilize those plays in that playbook with the players they have. And maybe that's why we're going to see Matt Breda get the start over Alfred Morris, which, again, I thought was a little bit surprising. And I know a lot of people in the industry said that they predicted Alf Morris would be the starter. Matt Breda would kind of spell him. Maybe it's like a 50 you know, fifty kind of timeshare. But I think with the, with the what they've kind of been working on in the offseason, preseason, up until now, and now the fact that they are going to start Matt Breda, I think there's going to be some really good opportunity there for Breda to be, be that everything we envisioned McKinnon was going to do which we still got to face it. When McKinnon signed for San Francisco, we didn't love it because McKinnon's like some excellent running back. It's the system that we loved right. and the opportunity. So if Matt Breda can get in there and fill that void of that pass catcher running back, and we predicted that Jarek McKinnon could have anywhere from 65 to 80 catches in that offense, if Breda didn't come away with 65 of those catches in an offense, and with his explosiveness and his athletic ability, talking about value out there in San Francisco. Do you think that, you know, now's the time to strike for Breda? Like, do you, does that fall into our, our classic slogan of a, what seems like an overpay today? There's not to be great value tomorrow because at the same time, McKinnon's coming back next year. He's I was going to say, as long as it's on a short term time frame for you, you know what I mean? If you're in like a very win now type of mode, then, then, then Breda is a nice guy to pick up, but I'm not sure if he carries the same sort of value next year when McKinnon's back. No, he was he was given 18 million guaranteed. He's right. going to be back. I mean, I'm trying to buy McKinnon if I can for the right price. Like, I give up first and second. Would you not give up a first, a second next year for McKinnon? A first and a second? No, for just a second. Just a second? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. I'm throwing that offer off in every single league. Hey, I'll give you a second round pick for McKinnon. Yeah, next I would year. definitely do that. But what do you think the price tag on – you think the best approach to get a Matt Breda right now in your dynasty league would be to offer not a draft pick but more of a player? Or do you approach it – you go in, offer in a second, the second gets declined. Are you willing to up that with another pick? Do we go second and third? Or are you just trying to approach that with a player that's on your roster that you're a little deep at and try and get value that way? Like maybe he needs a receiver. You got Alan Hearns. You can find him flip him or something like that. I mean, I think at, at this point in the year, um, that's what people are looking for somebody that can help him this year. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, cause a lot of the times, uh, people are at this point in the year are, are recognizing, Hey, I've got some holes. If I want to make a run at this thing, I'm probably gonna have to fill this with players, you know, picks kind of lose a little bit of their value at this point in the year. It is, it is sometimes a little bit of a shock value, isn't it? When you go, yeah, I really like my team. And then you get ready for week one. And you have to actually submit your starting lineup and right. you're like, Oh. Shoot! <laughs> Shoot! Here we go. My number, my number two running back is Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm in trouble here. I drafted you. Draft Nick Chubb. You're all excited. You know, number four pick, number five pick. You're like, yeah, I got Nick Chubb. And then now here you are, week one. You're like, Nick Chubb's third on the depth chart. I can't be starting Nick Chubb. For the Cleveland Browns. Crap. Oh, there goes my Chubb. Uh-huh. So for me, I don't know. I don't know. I would. I would try aggressively 
sign trade for McKinnon. Yeah. And I would try to somewhat aggressively try and get Breda. And if I can get Alf Morris, you got to imagine most people got Alf Morris off the waiver wire in the last two weeks. Oh, sure. Like, if I can get Alf Morris for, for example, I picked up Adrian Peterson three weeks ago, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, off the waiver wire. I got an offer of a 2019 third and a 2020 third after I picked him up and I don't need him. Made the, made the trade. Yeah. Got two third round picks for a guy. I, picked up. I initially declined it and I, I had to stop. I'm like, what, the, what am I doing? Like, I'm not even going to start Adrian Peterson. I just got him for free. A 2020 third should be pretty good value by the time that draft class rolls around. Soon they have like 12, as of today, viable running backs. And the 2019 third, I, I mean, I could flip that for something down the road as well. So, same thing, Alfred Morris, those people that picked him up, if they just picked him up just to be a savvy owner, maybe you can get him for two-thirds. Right. No, you can. I think you can have him pretty easily. Oh, way cheaper than Breda. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yep. So, and, and you know, it's not a bad strategy to go after McKinnon for draft picks because that, that, I think an owner can look at that as a long-term type of thing because they're not going to get anything out of the guy this year anyway. So they've already written him off, and to get something for him, you know, draft pick wise next year, they might just be happy to, to be done with the headache. Definitely worth the offer for mm-hmm. the second. You, you'd really be happy with that in the long run. It's not even clogging a roster spot for you. As long right. as you have IR in your league, you can just put them right in the IR and you're good to go. So that's that news in San Francisco. Again, I like Matt Breda. And the more I think about it, the more I actually like the opportunity. There's always a name of a running back that comes in, even if it's just for one year, there's always that one year darling. This year, Matt, could be Matt Breda. I definitely think you are on to something there. Uh, moving on, Le'Veon Bell does not report to camp today. Yeah, it's uh, looking more and more like um, no week one against the Browns. Hey, who do they play week one? Uh, the Browns. Oh, God, yes. Oh, the Browns. <laughs> oh, thank you, Le'Veon, for being so, so... Selfish. Selfish. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for because I need that Browns victory week one. I will be there. Uh, I'll be intoxicated, I think. Not overly intoxicated, because I'm not one of those guys that get super drunk for the football games, because I like to enjoy the game as well. Right. But usually I don't really drink before a lot of football games, surprisingly, unless it's a road game that I go to, which this year I'm leaning towards Houston. But uh, usually if I do, it's only opening day. Because, well, for the last couple of years I've been doing my radio show, so it's kind of hard to drink before that. But this year the Browns are going to play Pittsburgh Steelers. There are already a lot of controversy going on. They're teammates turn on teammates it's oh like, man oh. i love the infighting yes me too say some more bad things about him please <laughs> and i like james connor we like james connor yes we do this is a prospect we really liked you know uh i know ramon foster came out today and said hey if this dude didn't get cancer he would have been a first round pick and that's something we contemplated like with his skill set beforehand like hey if he didn't have to go through all this you know chemotherapy the tran- the cancer you know would he been potentially like a high second round pick you know potential first round pick the talent was there sure i think you're definitely on to something there and the fact that he's looked good in the preseason this was kind of the year that we um kind of earmarked as the year that we thought that he would take kind of a step back into you know like uh rounding back into form i guess we'll say and, and in the preseason so far he's shown it and, and looks like levy on bell is going to at least give him one game who knows? I mean, it sounds like all the stuff coming out from his agent is um, Le'Veon Bell's worried about the workload that they're going to put under him, and, and he's staying away for his health. So to me, I'm not buying it. I mean, to to me, if if that's what his agent's saying, I'm not. I mean, it. this could be something that's long term. I'm not buying it. All right. I, I here's why. If he does that, I find I think he's going to find himself in a very precarious 
hard predicament when he does enter free agency. I think that would hurt his free agency, uh, the fact that he set out that long. Because then he's going to come back. At that, at that point, what do the Steelers do, right? Oh, the Steelers get rid of him. Yeah, but, I mean, even when he decides to come back week 10, you know, if he he comes back that far, you know, James Conner's doing really well. You know, you're not really going to play. I mean, you're going to play him because he's good. But, I mean, what do you do there? You know, it's going to be you're going to split carries then, and then you round him into shape slowly, like. Yeah, it's going to take a three, while. Three, four weeks. And then you have, you have you, only you, ex- he needs to put stuff on tape. They still, it doesn't matter. That's fine. You've been great forever, Le'Veon, but you have to show us every year. Definitely for the problem is for what Le'Veon's asking, he's got to show that he can still do it at a high level. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I, I think, I think he's trying to take a calculated risk right now. I think he is too. I think he's going to show up. I think I think he shows up. I think he plays week two. Uh, I think he'll show up in time by then. I really do. I don't think he's one. I don't think he's to miss all the money. Doesn't matter how much. I bet you he shows up before Sunday's game, but they just don't play him. They, oh, yeah, he's not playing Sunday for sure. Right. So I think he plays that. And we got to remember he's he's going to start off slow. I know last year, uh, the first three games of the season, we did the same thing. I think he averaged about seventy four yards per carry with about fourteen fantasy points for per week. And then from week four on, uh, he averaged one hundred like forty yards per game right. and twenty four fantasy points him, per game. Yeah, he got himself into shape and and progressed. So in the meantime, you know, you got James Conner there. You know, running back out of pit, night Pittsburgh, nice running back, good upside. In that system, it's always a quality person he owned there, the running back. So for me, James Conner's is a nice start this week. If you have him on your roster, I would start him this week. Yeah, yeah. If you have him on your roster and, and obviously you don't have any quality starters or you God forbid you you know, you own Le'Veon Bell and you're smart enough to uh back him up that's the perfect scenario and, and you, you throw him in your starting lineup so what do we think about Jalen Samuels in the situation you know the fullback halfback tight end slash running back here what, what do we think of Jalen Samuels do you think with James Conner not a lot of tape on him in the passing game the receiving game right where and that's Jalen Samuels strong suit do you think we could see a lot of like Jalen Samuels in the next couple of weeks or so? I mean, I think I think it's a bit of an unknown, and, and we're going to have to figure it out as we go. There's obviously, you know, for however many games that Le'Veon Bell's out, there's going to be, you know, those targets are going to get spread around to multiple places, I think. You know, obviously they, they don't have an established tight end there, so I'm not sure that they're going to start peppering, you know, Vance McDonald with more targets. But, I mean, I would look for Juju Smith-Schuster and, and James Washington to maybe get a, a little bit more action for as long as he's out. And, yeah, a guy like Jalen Samuels, they'll probably toy around with him and, and throw him in the backfield as a fullback and then split him out as an H-back and, and use him out of the backfield and, and to catch passes because that's really Jalen Samuels' strong point. Yeah, still interested in what Vance McDonald's going to do in this offense as well this year. Um, somebody who I think he's, he's so cheap right now, I feel like if I need any kind of tight end help, even a backup tight end where – you know, I was in trouble in that in that category. So maybe I'm running through the season with, you know, Jack Doyle and nobody else. And right. I need a quarterback. I feel like Vance McDonald's cheap enough where I'd like to invest in some of that. Because if he can learn how to catch football a little bit better, then he could be a nice athletic tight end in that system that usually likes to utilize it. Big Ben over the years until recently has really loved the tight end and to be in the middle of the field uh, chain mover. Right. Um, yeah, you go back to the Heath Miller type of days and stuff like that. Uh, oh, the good old days. You definitely like to use them. But. So, as we, and also as the season comes along here, another thing I always like to tell people, it's not going to come 
be valuable information. We'll we'll hit on this again at the end of the year. But as as the season progresses, monitor the rookies and the second year players that you know aren't being utilized. Because again, a lot of people take a long time to come into their own. A really good example is a guy like Nelson Aguilar. People just want to give up on people right away. I mean, look at Ronald Jones, for example. His stock has plummeted drastically from where he was drafted. Right. Look for guys like that that aren't going to produce as much early that you might be able to buy at a discount later in the year. Definitely in a strong class this this year. You know, maybe somebody took somebody in the third round, like an Antonio, Antonio Callaway, and he shows okay, and then you can offer a second-round pick. Right. He doesn't do as much this year. You know he's starting Sunday after Josh Gordon comes back. Players like that, Nick Chubb, another example, who might not see a lot of carries this year as the year winds down. He doesn't do a lot. Carlos Hyde has an okay year. Uh, guys that you might be able to get at a discount for going to the following year. And second-year guys, too. Guys what? that are ready to come off the taxi squad in people's leagues where people just aren't ready to promote them, but you like them all along, and you can buy them again at a discount. Let me ask you about a guy specifically um, that has kind of a scenario like that. Um, uh, Tyler Lockett. I mean, what about a guy like that who just signed an extension with Seattle, which is kind of, I don't know, I th- I personally think that kind of suppresses his value a, a little bit more. But Doug Baldwin coming off injury in the preseason hasn't played at all. And a guy like Tyler Lockett just signs an extension. And, and I mean, let's just be honest, Doug Baldwin's not getting any younger either. I think he's I think he's 29 or 30. So what do you see specifically with a guy like Tyler Lockett? I think the, I think the contract extension raises his value in the dynasty community because people know that one he's going to be given opportunity Mm -hmm. one he's not going anywhere which is valuable in its own right you know targets in their own right and you know Lockett somebody I I made a trade with you a year ago for Tyler Lockett I think think it was two years ago yeah that I've kind of believed in I mean the guy has in over 600 yards in a year but right now like you said Doug Baldwin coming out and saying hey I'm gonna be between 80 and 85 percent all year that's a no the running back situation is a question mark the offensive line is a giant question mark. Tight end there, Nick Vanette. I mean, come on. No, I mean seriously, they don't have a receiver. They don't even want a receiving tight end there. Have you heard Brandon Marshall's name mentioned all preseason? No. no. So there's got to be another receiver out there that's going to help contribute to the team. And the team felt either there's two ways to look at this. Either the team was like, "Shit, dude! Like we have up against it. We have no receivers. Brandon Marshall's old as the dirt on the field." Uh, Doug Baldwin's already peed up. We're going to have to figure out a way to get out from this contract. So we lose Marshall next year. We get out from Baldwin's contract next year. The only There's not a lot of viable free agents out there except for a guy like Josh Gordon. We don't know if we'll be able to get him. Let's lock up. Let's panic. Let's lock up, lock it. You know? Or they know something we don't know. Right. And they don't seem like the type of organization that would panic and, and lock somebody up just to lock them up. But. So I don't I like Lockett, and I like what he can do. Speed set, but I mean, we also don't see where like that's been like Russell Wilson's strength of his game. You know, the deep ball throughout the years. So I'm intrigued. Um, I know I did a podcast with somebody who's a huge Seahawks fan, uh, Ronnie from Dynasty Yard, and he was telling me David Moore is his future, like Keelan Cole kind of guy. Gotcha on that roster. Mm-hmm. So for me, I like Lockett, but I feel like the price tag is definitely out of my reach because. I mean, what are you giving up for Lockett? You know what I mean? You're not giving up a first. No. You're not giving up. I mean, you, you totally give up a second, but nobody's going to sell him for a second. 
nobody's stopped. Don't even look uh, up at the sky like for like, help. Like, baby know, Jesus will come and descend upon you. You'd be like, yes, I will give you a second for it, Matthew. I'll, I will take a second for Lockett. I don't know, man. There might be some frustrated owners out there that, that haven't got the return and say, yeah, dude, I'll take a shot on the But that's the thing, round. though. That, 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 that contract extension is going to be just enough juice to amp up the voltage in your roster where you're going to get a little shock in the tuchus and you're going to be like, woo, finally. Finally, I might have some opportunity. And like, or you, it might be exactly what I just said. And hey, man, he's stuck on Seattle for another three years, and I would have rather seen him go somewhere else. Yeah, I guess that too, and because I, I don't like Seattle this year. I want. I mean, my bold prediction show last week, week you weren't even here. I said Russell Wilson won't even finish as a running back, wide quarterback two, or as a quarterback one, just because I'm such in worry of that whole Seattle situation. Like, I don't want to do anything with seattle i'm in a redraft league i don't want to draft doug baldwin i don't want a player to say he's gonna be 80 and 85 percent right there i don't want to i don't even on that russell wilson be running for his life behind that offensive line the offensive you line know, is terrible i like chris yeah. carson chris carson's looked okay in the preseason chris carson hasn't blown anybody away in the preseason nope. he's just had been a benefactor of penny's been kind of bad in the preseason and for us who like chris carson at the same aspect the dude pretty much only played a game last year yep that was it Mm-hmm. So it's not like we can go, oh, man, you know, up he until week together. six, You're he was right. killing it. It right. was one game, dude. You know, like, I'm not going to jump on my, you know, my moccasins. Yes, I'm I'm part Indian. That's false. But still, <laughs> that is false. <laughs> and I don't even have moccasins on. Uh, you know, I don't wear, I, I have nothing on my feet. No. Got to let these puppies breathe. Yeah. So for me, I'm not getting overly excited even about Chris Carson. I have a lot of Chris Carson shares. This is somebody that we were preaching. Oh, yeah. Pick him up, pick him up, pick him up. I also have a, a lot of Chris Carson shares. So it's it's one of those things where. You know, I'm excited about Chris Carson, but I'm I'm not backing off. My in, initial reaction was, okay, yeah, Chris Carson is going to start. Why Rashad Penny learns how to pass protect. At the same time, they invested a first round pick in this guy who's a running back, which you might as well double that investment than when it's a running back in the first round. He's going to get his opportunity. Same reason I haven't backed off Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, who's back at practice, people are like, oh, his knee. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle slipping to the sixth, seventh pick in people's rookie drafts. You silly, silly children. What are that you doing is out there? Silly. You know, people get. He's still my number two overall rookie running back prospect. Like, you're going to tell me you like Ronald Jones over him? You're, you're going to be a valid reason you take Geis over Michelle? Are you going to take. Now people are like, well, what do you think about Royce Freeman and Karrion Johnson? Okay, I'll listen to that. You know, Royce Freeman's looked really good. And he's, and he's officially a starter. He's officially a starter. Yeah. So if you took Royce Freeman number two overall, I have no problem with that. None whatsoever. If you want to move Royce Freeman up to number two because he's looked good in the preseason, he's a starter, he's had a good opportunity, that's fine and dandy. But I'm still going off the tape. We haven't even played a damn snap in the NFL yet. You know, we're about 12 hours away from that. I'm not going to jump off all, you know, all we mentioned, all the research we did all year just to get off a situation like that. This, These are opportunities I like to buy. Right. You know, Sonny Michelle's knee got a boo-boo. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take him off your hands. What, do you want a first next year for him? No, you want a first and a second? Done deal. Given to me. You know, I just got the number two prospect on my board. I'll wait it out. Yep. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what you do for me lately. Karrion Johnson, you want to move up to number two? All right. I mean, I've liked Karrion Johnson the whole time. I mean, what are we going to do, split hairs a little bit here on a long-term, you know, Karen Johnson ranked out as a number one graded rookie running back out of P P Pro Football Focus. P P P P P. So, yeah, I mean, I like, I still like those guys, but I mean, I'm not going to just get all crazy with my rankings. All right, don't get all crazy. I digress. I digress. Tyler Lockett. So Tyler Lockett. <laughs> <laughs> we're where, where, where are we at on Tyler Lockett dynasty value? I'm intrigued. I've been intrigued for a couple of years. 
Uh, then Shrieknis has somewhat flatlined because he's almost become part of the back burner because he's done jack squat again. I mean, he has amassed over 600 yards. That's well, why I asked because you, I mean, you you were the one that brought it up about the the players that you know don't give up on on the players um, too early, and, and 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 he's a guy that. I haven't given up on. I, I still fall into that. I haven't given up on the guy. I, I would have. A, I, I would have liked to have seen him leave Seattle, though, to be honest. And he and he didn't. So I'd like to see him. I would trade for him in a player swap, like a player that again that I'm over. You know, either some same thing, kind of like a same boat. Like I'd be okay with like, let me think here. Like you know, like a Kelvin Benjamin. You I'd, know, I'd be, yeah. if I want to get out for him, I want to go for a higher upside. Maybe like a Kelvin Benjamin. I'd be okay with definitely with his knee issues. Uh, I think it'd be. I feel like that definitely be a trade somebody would make, you know, definitely, along those lines. Definitely. Um, I mean, you could get something in return. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. man, I was like, dude, if I offered Kelvin Benjamin, I could probably get a third back. Yeah, you, you could get know? Tyler, Tyler Lockett Lock in a third. Easily. If they're yeah. a really desperate receiver, maybe even potentially a second. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the roster, like, hey, dude, you need a receiver. I'll give you Kelvin. Oh, yeah, I'll take Kelvin. You judged about that. Like, I'll take, you know, what's your response? Like, oh, I don't want Kelvin. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll take Kelvin. And you're like, oh, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. All right, I'll take Tyler Lockett in a second. Oh, okay, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Oh, man, you're the favorite to win now. Always boost them up that they're the favorite to win now. Good Lord. Get some, get some, I love, anybody tells me I have a good team and the favorite to win, like, oh, you're the best team. I don't even care. Like, even if I think I have the best team, I'm like, oh, yeah. Shoot it right in my veins, baby. Oh, my God. Um, so I, I feel like that'd be more of a player. I just feel like it'd be hard. Unless you can just come away with a flat second, I feel like it'd be kind of come on. Like it'd be, People would be seeing differently there in compensation value. Yep, it'd be a tough one to uh, nail down. So let's talk about a couple guys that made the final 53 here that are worth either, you know, half these guys, some of these guys, most of these guys might be on your people's rosters, might be on rookie stashes, but they might not be. Or guys that you might want to potentially trade for? First guy on the list, Chad Williams. We, a guy we've mentioned multiple times here for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, six foot two, 193 pounds, comes in and he gets locked into the roster as a number two receiver ahead of Christian Kirk on the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if it's just because Kirk's a rookie or whatnot, but we're talking about two drastically different players here. Christian Kirk's a little bit out of the slot. Uh, you can use Chad Williams as a slot, but he's mostly an outside receiver. Right, right. And that's yeah. where Larry's been playing the slot, too. So he's locked in as the outside receiver there. Sam Bradford, again, coming off a really good preseason, locked in as a the starter there. We're all worried about Sam Bradford's health and how long he's going to last. Josh Rosen showed his frailty in the preseason, but we have the face effects. We cannot predict injuries. Nope. As, as confident we are that Sam Bradford's going to get hurt, we don't know if he's going to get hurt. And the thing is, when Sam Bradford does play... We don't know when he's going to get hurt. Better better answer, Matthew. Yep. Yes. But when Matt Sam Bradford is playing, he's a pretty solid quarterback. He's extremely accurate. Yeah. He's extremely accurate. And we've mentioned this 100 times. Besides David Johnson, there's Larry Fitzgerald and nobody else. Yes. Are we intrigued and excited to see what we see out of Ricky Seals-Jones, the former receiver now at tight end? We are. Yeah. Ricky Seals-Jones hasn't done anything. Christian Kirk, the rookie, he hasn't done anything. We all know what Larry Fitz can do, but Larry Fitz is going to see the number one coverage on that team anyways. That leaves us with a guy like Chad Williams. And we always, you know, one of our bona factor, you know, what changes us between player A and player B is usually size when it comes to receiver. And that's exactly what Chad Williams is. Did you call that a boner factor? I could call it the boner factor. All right. I didn't call that the boner factor. All right. That makes sense. (laughs) I thought you said boner factor. (laughs) Sorry. 
I'm not a shower. I'm a grower. Oh, boy. Um, and <laughs> Chad Williams right now is a starter on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. On a team is. that is going to have to move the football as David Johnson and Larry Fitz. Check your waiver wire. Is he available? Monitor the situation. And monitor it closely as well. Now, he's not, now he's somebody where I want to see how he's utilized week one, right? He's somebody where, again, I'm not going to flip out, but I see him get eight targets week one. Catch, no, I mean, yeah. Catches six of them for sure. 85 yards. No touchdowns, right? Solid double-digit point games. I'm already like, ooh, ooh, you know? What can I get for Chad Williams? Somebody's going to merge this year in offense, and it's who can pin the tail on that donkey the quickest, all right? A lot of these guys we're going to mention are going to be some donkeys, <laughs> all right? But one of these could turn One into, of these guys is going to get a tail pinned on him. One of these guys is going to have a tail pinned on him. That thing's going to wag so hard, it's going to wag yourself right into the playoffs. Right on. Chad Williams, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. You intrigued? Oh, definitely, man. He was a guy that even going back to last year, I was intrigued by um, enough that I, I drafted him. So, I mean, it's not like he was a, a, a late-round pick or anything. The guy was a third-round pick last year. So, um, I think he's getting an opportunity to compete. Obviously, that was another regime that, that drafted him um, as far as, you know, a different head coach and everything. So, um, it's nice to see that they didn't just um, boost up their, their guy that they drafted pretty early, Christian Kirk, and throw him right into the starting lineup. They're giving guys a chance to compete, and Chad Williams, you know, just won. He probably knew assignments better. He would, maybe was a better blocker on the outside or something just, just due to being in the league for a full year. So um, Chad Williams is a guy, like you said, there's there's not a lot of proven pass catchers on, on this team. So, you know, once you get past Larry Fitzgerald and David Fitz, uh, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, you, you know, the the targets are up for grabs. Yeah, so I like I liked Chad Williams. Same team. Different player. Let's move back to the running back position here. Chase Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Now, Chase Edmonds is listed as the number two running back behind uh, David Johnson. Right. And Chase Edmonds is kind of a nice, you know, he's a smaller running back. He's not really mostly, he's not going to be the three down running back at five foot nine uh, in between the tackles running back. He's pretty explosive, but he's not even super small because he's 210 pounds. Yeah, I saw him. I actually saw him in the preseason. He ran, he ran nicely in between the tackles and everything as well. I mean, you're not, you're not going to want a guy that size to be beaten, you know, beating his head into the, the line of scrimmage a whole bunch, but I think he's capable. He's a nice little backup. Out of Fordham. And he's somebody that I think Edmund's strong suit is his explosiveness. Mm -hmm. And, Everything else is kind of raw else around him. But I love him when the ball in his hands is explosive. He catches the ball pretty well. He does. A thing that they've been utilized. And right now, Arizona is kind of going, they're switching their offense over to those short, quick, intermediate passes. That's what they want to run there in their new system. So if anything does, albeit, happen to David Johnson, then Chase Edmonds is the next man up. Granted, he's not going to be available most likely in your waiver Warriors because he was drafted. But a situation to monitor. Right, and he was a fourth round pick, and you know, which is nothing to sneeze at nowadays at the running back um, position. So they they obviously like this guy enough, and I think they saw firsthand last year that they needed some some more quality depth behind David Johnson because I mean they they basically just had to go out on the street last year. I think they ended up with like Chris Johnson at some point, right? Last year, oh yeah, for a little bit, yeah. yeah so I mean, that just, uh... that's a pretty desperate move right there, and. And Chase Edmonds, you know, should solve that should David Johnson go down for, you know, a couple games here and there. And, and Chase Edmonds should be able to fill in. But when you see players that don't make rosters consistently and guys that we do like, and then 
you know, a running back here, a running back there, or even a guy like Boston Scott, who was released today from New Orleans. Sure. Like, yeah, you look good in the preseason. He's locked in number two. Then it's signed Mike Gisley, and he's a free man. It does say something when a guy like this, a Chase Edmonds, who we were somewhat intrigued of, sticks. Come out this, and he sticks. And yeah. not only does he stick, he's not, you know, he's higher in the depth chart than Nick Chubb right now. Right. So he's he's that much. Cl- now, granted, if Carlos High goes down, it's going to be Nick Chubb, not Duke Johnson as a starting running back. Right. But that's where Chase is. Let's move on. Uh, another guy who is somewhat intriguing. Uh, we have an article on DineCenters.com about him written by John DeMent. I don't have a lot onto him. This this article digs into him a little bit more, but Marcus Murphy, running back for the Buffalo Bills, listed as third on the depth chart, so he's going to need an injury to really get up there. Smaller running back, but there was times he was getting carries above Chris Ivory this preseason, and again, I'm really worried about this team as a whole. And You know, Nathan Peterman is the starting quarterback. The offensive line is it's it's, it's a little rough for me. I can see a guy like, LaShawn McCoy or Chris Ivory getting hurt. And then Marcus Murphy kind of coming in there and this being a value. Mostly bring this up as Marcus Murphy might be spending your waiver wire. To me, he's worth a stash because there might be a good opportunity for him down the road where he might be one of those running backs come playoff time that can hold some value if you're desperate. Yeah, man. I, I mean, obviously there's been some good news coming out about this guy uh, basically throughout the preseason. And some, I mean, I, I think there was a report that he even jumped Chris Ivory on the on the depth chart, but I'm not sure how much validity there is to that. He's listed right now as a third one right now. Uh, at the same time, I think a lot of that, I think was coming out from John DeMent, our writer, gotcha. com too, saying, Ooh, look at, he's getting some carries ahead of him. That's where I saw that. Okay. that right. I know for sure. That's where I saw it was from. Well, John. maybe that's, maybe that's where I got it. Maybe I read one of his tweets and, and kind of took it to the bank there. And I trust John. I mean, John sure. puts out a lot of good work on a lot. He's doing right now. The deep, the deep dynasty stash guys. Mm-hmm. We have we have tons of articles online right now on dynastyers.com that you should be checking out for these exactly what we're talking about. And I mean, John goes deeper. I mean, he's going down the guys that we don't. You know, I do this every day of my life. I still he's, he'll bust out a guy. And I'm like, I don't even know who the frick that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so good, good stuff. Then, and Marcus John. Murphy is one of those guys that he brought the light for me, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's been on my radar since since he was in the league. Um, you know, New Orleans drafted him a few years ago, and I, I had Mark Ingram, so I drafted him as a guy that you know just throw on my taxi squad real late in my draft. So he's a guy that I've kind of kept my eye on, and you know, he, he, he kind of bounced around a little bit. He went to New Orleans. I think he got he got a picked up by the Jets and then the Jets waved him and he, he went to Buffalo last year. So all right, moving on. Yep. Another guy you want to check your waiver wire for is Rod Smith, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh former Ohio State Buckeye there. Actually got a couple starts last year in the absence of Zeke. Um uh, had a, a stretch there where he scored three touchdowns out yeah. of four games there, had over a hundred yards in like week uh, it was later like week thirteen or something like that. He, he he was there at the same time at Ohio State as Zeke. They kinda had a little bit of a crossover as well there. Um, average four point two two yards last year. That's what I say. He does everything well. I, this guy is one of these guys that is intriguing. If he is to, you know, hit free agency, I, I would keep an eye on that because he he has a nice all around skill set. He can catch the ball well. He, he blocks, does catch the football well. He blocks well and he runs hard between the tackles. And and, and he had a, he had talent at Ohio State. He was just one of those guys that kind of fell through the cracks. Never got a ton of playing time at Ohio State, so he never he he went undrafted and stuff like that. So it's it's um, 
he's a nice guy. He's a he's a good name to have on the bottom of your roster if you have him. Well, here's the biggest thing. Just hold him. Why you want to pick him up if he's available at any league, no matter what, is the Cowboys have two running backs on their roster. Two. That's crazy. Zeke and they him. have two running backs: Ezekiel Elliott and Rod Smith. So. You don't even have to wait for injury with a guy like Rod Smith. He's going to hold – I think he's going to hold some value in PPR leagues. I mean, what are they going to do, kill Zeke and let him get every single carry on the field? No, that's not going to happen. He's going to get spelled. He's going to get a little bump here, a little bump there. Well, you know – And I think that you know, Zeke, we've been talking all year, like, okay, how much more are they going to get involved with Zeke in a passing game? How much more are they going to get involved in a passing game? And maybe that doesn't come to fruition where he doesn't get more involved in a passing game. Because remember – Dallas falls in that category too. They need more offensive weapons. So maybe they really they have these two running backs on the roster for a reason because they do like Rod Smith in that third down kind of role and his patch catching ability. And what if Rod Smith just has one of those sneaky years? I know he only caught 19 balls last year, but what if he could double that up as the only other guy there with a potential start? What if he can come away with like 40 footballs caught this year? That's good, you know, not good starting value, but you know, desperate flex spot, or again, if anything ever goes out, waiver, waiver wire, you know, yes. pick, like, I mean, uh, you know, bye week type of filling type of thing as well. Somebody who's going to, no matter what, get your points, you're not worried about the goose egg. So, right. and he's a guy who might potentially be on your waiver wire. God forbid anything ever happens to Zeke, he's going to get a lot of Oh, carries. yeah, he'll get a ton of carries. And, but I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be real surprised if they ended up get, picking somebody up after week one, you know, when the, when the contracts aren't guaranteed anymore for, Oh, for that's veteran. Good. That's locked in too. Right. But so. this guy already knows the system. And yep. you know how he is over there, uh, the head coach. Uh, what's his face? Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. He, they're such a redundant team. You know what I mean? Like they don't change. Like they're like the most, hey, uh, I call it a run play. Coach, they're, they're stacking the box. I don't care. I call it a run play. That's what we do on first down here in Dallas. We run, <laughs> we run, run the ball. So to me, it's it's one of those situations where I think, even ooh, they're gonna, you know they signed somebody. I think Rod Smith is still pretty safe there. To be no, he is. Yeah, he is. But you know somebody's bound to get caught and, and let go. And, and and once the contracts aren't guaranteed, they're gonna have somebody else. And there. then they get into it. But Jeff Swaim is number one in the depth chart. Right. Too. I don't think that's a big surprise. I think he's kind of been the number one quote unquote guy. But Blake Jarwin is still the guy that's been getting the most of the targets. So I mean, for me, that's really what matters. Correct. Um, moving on. Now, this is a guy who's definitely not on your waiver wire, but Ty Montgomery. So, okay. right now in Green Bay, it's Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Yeah, that's and much. we all know Ty Montgomery is a former receiver, converted over to running back. And I know that they've liked what they've seen out of Jamal Williams out of that passing game so far. He's shown somewhat well. I still see Jamal Williams as more of a first and second down running back the way I envision them. So I'm thinking for these first two games right now, so say you're missing out on Le'Veon right mm-hmm. now, you could probably get Ty Montgomery for pretty cheap. I mean, you would think so, yeah. I think Ty Montgomery's going to have, like, at least early in the season, just like he did last year, in PPR leagues, I think he's going to have some good value here. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to be the third down running back. Showed really well in that last year. Can this guy catch six, seven balls a game? Absolutely. You know, there's no reason to think that a sneaky guy like Ty Montgomery, who I loved going into last year, finds himself in a nice little situation right now in Green Bay with the only two running backs there, with Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery, come in, be that third down back, catch six balls for 47 yards, 50 yards, maybe squeaks in a touchdown there, get you those low end nine to 12 points per game early on. 
Nice little sneaky start you can get in your lineup. No, I, I mean, obviously, the the way that they were going to use Ty Montgomery last year, um, he was going to be heavily involved in the passing game, and you know he's going to be sprinkled in in the running game as well. My question is, did the injury to his ribs so quickly and his shoulder, I mean, does that make them shy away from such a heavy usage for him? Is he going to be limited to just a third down role? I'm okay with that, though. I'm I mean, okay with the Duke Johnson role. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with – just as I'm madly in all my redraft leagues, I got Chris – there's two players I got in all my redraft leagues this year, Chris Thompson and Marvin Jones. Uh, both guys I think that are undervalued. For some reason, everybody's pooping on Marvin Jones this year, uh, but Chris Thompson. Like, I like those guys. I like those guys that are come in to have a defined role. They're going to come in there and catch six, seven balls per game, get you anywhere from 40 to 100 yards and that possible touchdown that you could lock and put them in there. And they always finish as, you know, because they're consistent, getting you anywhere from 8 to 15 points per game. But then all of a sudden those points just, you know, add up on top of each other. At the end of the year, they're mid to mid-range running back too. And over the year, you're like, yeah, he was very solid all year. Not flashy, nothing like you want to, like, write home about. But and people see him in your starting lineup, and they go, oh, look at your, you know, look at your receivers or running backs. And you're like, okay, buddy, let's go. You know, and boom, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points, 10 points. I like guys like that. Right. And if Ty Montgomery can come in there and just be that guy, Maybe that's where I want him to be because then he's going to be healthy. If he can be that PPR running back, I'm okay with that. I don't need him to be, you know, the first and second down back. If Green Bay wants to protect those ribs and that's how they see him, I'm totally fine with that. If Ty Montgomery can be that sneaky guy, which, again, I think Aaron Jones comes in and he's going to be that guy with his explosiveness. But if we can get Ty Montgomery start off hot, again, we mentioned this, Green Bay likes to go with the hot hand, and you come in here and be that PPR guy, there's a chance Ty Montgomery can sneak himself as a low end running back too in that stri- that 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 alone that, in that, in that role in yeah. that role. Well, I mean Jamal Williams, to me, I mean if he if he does end up showing well in the passing game, wants to stop them from saying, "Hey, this is our three down back," and then they're only really t- sprinkling Ty Montgomery in every once in a while. I mean that's that's the only worry that I have. Um, with, well, with Ty Montgomery. That's what we're talking about, bottom of the roster guys right exactly. now. Matthew. Exactly. It's, it's it's a gamble. We're not writing home about it. Yeah. But that's what I said. If you own Le'Veon and you're looking for a guy, like you, you don't want to overpay because Le'Veon's going to come back soon. You can't get James Conner because the price tag's too high. I think out of all the guys right now that are out there, I think one of the cheapest guys you can get for great value is going to be Ty Montgomery. Because right now, everybody's thinking Aaron Jones and everybody's thinking Jamal Williams. Nobody's thinking Ty Montgomery at all. And whoever owns them right now, I guarantee are going to be willing to get up to get, give up on them, uh, and you can get them. I mean, you could probably get them again for a player you don't want or a player you don't want in a draft pick in the third. I think a second-round pick is definitely too high for Ty Montgomery. I'd rather have the second-round pick and game on that later. But I would try and find a way, definitely as a Bell owner, to get in there. Or if I lost McKinnon and I need another running back in that role, I think – you can just be the sprinkle here and a sprinkle there, and then the sprinkles just add up and give you a nice little cookie. Ooh. Or a donut. A donut, I think, usually has sprinkles. But I think cream, co- cookie, cookies can, too. Sundays as well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really eat like cookies that much. What's your favorite cookie? Chocolate chip, hands down. I like oatmeal raisin. Chocolate chip, hands down. Really? Oh, so easy. That's not. That's. I don't even have to think about that question. The only chocolate one, I'm not, again, I'm not a big cookie guy as it is. If I do eat a cookie, I need it to be soft. All right. Two, I like soft as well. I only like I like I only like chocolate chip cookies if they come like they're fresh, like 
out the oven. I like like soft but chewy. Yeah, yeah. Some of those soft ones are like brittle and like fall apart. Like oh, those no. soft batch. I don't like those. Dude, I don't trust those. No. Like, why is that cookie still soft after it came on the factory five months ago? Like, right. why is that still that, that can't be? That, there's something wrong here. Like, right. what? What did you put in this cookie to keep it so young? <laughs> Out in the youth. You know, what kind of I've stem no cells idea. are you injecting this no bad idea. boy? I don't need that in my body. Nope. The key to live forever: the fountain of youth. Just buttery, chewy, soft, delicious chocolate chip cookie. Like I've made cookies before. Okay, false. Well, maybe I have. Anyways, I've seen cookies come out of the oven, and then like the next day, I've touched them and they're hard. They're, they get they become right? hard, yeah. Within twenty four hours, oh, yeah. Yet these cookies are still magically soft. So when I bite into them, I just feel like you said. Sometimes they just crump, like they're soft and they yeah. come apart. And you're like, dude, something ain't right. Something ain't right here. Nope, I'm with you. So one, I don't eat that stuff mostly, but if I do. Like if I go to the grocery store, like the wife brought home the other day, and it was like a, it was, I asked this because she had a variety of pack of cookies. It yeah. was double chocolate chunk, uh, oatmeal raisin, and peanut butter. I was like, oh wow, those are my three favorite cookies: oatmeal raisin number one, peanut butter number two, chocolate chip number three. But you got that. Time, you got that all backwards, by the way. I would bump a chocolate <laughs> chip with an Oreo cookie with a nice fresh glass of cold milk. That's a good. I mean, that's, that's good. A good cookie, right? That's good, but chocolate chip is still my favorite. And there's no question here why the middle is still soft. It's just cream. Well, of course, there's no question why that is soft. There's probably a question about all that stuff that you're eating. Yeah, regardless. yeah. But Don't, never trust a cookie that stays soft for eight months. Never trust. Never a cookie trust it, that man. <laughs> there's something in it that found a youth. You got to pay for it some somewhere down the line. Moving on, Texans running back situation. Lamar Miller. Now we're all excited about Lamar Miller. Miller, we all, about his opportunity this year. We all know in our redraft leagues, he's tremendous value where he's going. Bill O'Brien coming in, we see him as a three down back. But we also remember Bill O'Brien trying to outsource him last year by going with Alfred Blue later in the year. They, yes, absolutely. Why can't this happen this year? Alfred Blue's still on the roster. He's the number two running back on uh, the depth chart. But there's also another guy here who you want to check your waivers for a nice deep stash because, listen, they went to Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue didn't do anything because Alfred Blue is – more like Alfred Blows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's too good for me. Not, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know, that's just too good. Uh, Alfred Blows, yes. Uh-huh. Um, Matt, tell, tell them who's another option for their uh, roster. So a guy that they just claimed, the Texans claimed a guy named Buddy Howell off waivers and his undrafted free agent out of Florida Atlantic. And and he was he was originally for the Dolphins, and, and he rushed 14 times for 76 yards in the preseason and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's over. It's it's 5.42 yards a carry. He's a big back, 6'1", 225. So he's a guy that could, you know, handle a little bit more of the workload. He's a guy that I'm even – I'm very – Fresh on, I would say. I got to dig into this guy a little bit more. Um, we didn't cover him during our rookies at, at all, um, at least to my recollection. So, I mean, he's a guy to keep an eye on because, like you said, Alfred Blue, he hasn't shown anything in the years that he's been here. No, like you said, Matt, Alfred Blows. Alfred Blows. And and for me, I'm not a huge Lamar Miller fan. They've already, they've already in the past, tried to replace him midseason, basically. Um, so, uh, Buddy Howell might be one of those – freak guys that we never heard of that kind of comes out of nowhere and ends up having some a little bit of fantasy value by the end of the year so he's a guy that i'm looking out for now i've I've thrown him on watch lists just to see how he does here in week one week two week three early on in the season 
and and who knows, you know. So he's a guy. He's a guy at least worth monitoring. And if you got an open roster spot, just throw him on the bottom. No, for sure. Just exactly what it is. It's a roster stash. We yep. all got guys on there right now. The guys like Javon Wims. We mentioned Terry Swanson. Right. Uh, you know, guys along those caliber that you could, you hold on to, see what sticks. If not, mind their name. Because I'm, I'm telling you, Buddy Howell is on your waiver wire. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Howell, the day the music died. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Uh, we didn't mention Seattle cut Chad uh, Amara Darbo Amara and Darbo. Chad Hansen. Uh, now, we all like the Jets was Chad Hansen. Jets cut Chad Hansen. Right. Yes. And we all know that I've been a Chad Hansen fan. Right. Uh, Mara Darbo, Mara Darbo, Mara Kumo, Mara Gobo. I don't care. He got cut again. Amaro do don't because he's having surgery. So that's why. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. He's I like saw that. He, I saw that the Patriots claim both those guys and then Amaro uh, uh, Darbo got cut again because he's going to have surgery. Okay. Uh, but Chad Hansen didn't get cut, and he actually practiced all week. And I really – we were together this oh, weekend. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. when they signed him, I told you, I was really excited about that. He practiced all week long with the Patriots. They've only got four receivers on their roster. That's I mean, as long, as long as he can grasp the offense, um, I think he's got a great skill set. And, he, re- I mean, he reminds me a little bit of, of – what's his name? Chris Hogan that's already on the team. You yes. know what I mean? So, um, and obviously Chris Hogan's, I think, 29 – um, so he's not he's a free agent after this year, anyways. Right. So Chad Hansen's a, a nice little guy. If they they claim him, they keep him all year. He's he's a guy whose situation went from one of the worst with with the Jets and a young quarterback and a crappy offense to one of the best with you know all time great Tom Brady as your your quarterback for the next two or three years. Yeah, and look who he's competing against. I mean, Matt Slater's a special team. Right. Here. That's not even a competition. Cordero Patterson is barely a wide receiver. Barely a wide receiver, and then Philip Dorsett. Former first-round bust who's literally done nothing in this league. And now Chad hasn't done anything either. But going off the tape alone, you know, this is something that I'm really excited about for his opportunity. I am buying Chad Hansen in New England in the meantime. And I like you said, I like him long-term as well as the season progresses. I know New England's a hard offense to learn. I like Chad Hansen come mid-season well i think we'll know mid-season how he's gonna be utilized and bill's not afraid to like throw somebody in there if they can get it done oh if they get it done he'll throw him in there and if he's not getting it done he'll just be replaced and listen so it's good to be in new england he's got a good thing going for him he's white so new england loves their white receivers they do have a long history of that i suppose i mean of all the other teams in the league one team utilizes white receivers more than anybody else They'll trade for him. They'll go get him. <laughs> they have Noah, Edelman. They go get them all. I'll be honest. I never really put that together. Yeah, I just I, I just popped in my head now. I'm like, oh. Like, besides Randy Moss and Deion Branch. That's a good point. I mean, it's like all those guys have been kind of like white guys. Yeah, yeah. Which is really hard to do in the first place. It is. So, all right, moving yeah, on. That's it. <laughs> hey, why, why, why do you like Chad Hansen? I don't know. He's Caucasian. He's Caucasian and he's playing for he's New playing England. In New England. It's bound to work out. It's got everything. Chris Hogan. He goes from Chris Hogan to Chad Hansen. Yep. Rich, that doesn't make any sense. Just go with it, buddy. I, I, I mean, I was strictly talking about body type and kind of uh, of athleticism when uh, I, I know he's six two two oh two makes a really nice athletic catches. Uh, can go up there and get the ball. Really came on strong. Even though he had one uh, year of film, but that one year of film was very, very, very strong, mm-hmm. and he progressed slowly throughout the year. And again, uh, New England likes wide receivers. There you go. 
Can't hammer that home. Anyway, just and I'm literally just going out because they have they've had Amendola, Chris Hogan, and Edelman. <laughs> that's literally that's it. Only Mary Bates. I'm just going off recency bias. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, what about the Giants? There, uh, Wayne Gallman beats out who Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart. Stewart. That doesn't surprise me. Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart is glue factory man. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, did you see him at all in the preseason? He like literally looked like he had ankle weights on. Uh, I didn't see him at all. Yeah, he played against the Browns. You didn't see him in that? I uh, didn't see him. Did he get past the line of scrimmage? No, he didn't. Exactly. Yeah. They uh, they had, they accidentally called him Saquon Barkley once, and I was like, that's <laughs> not Saquon Barkley. So I just want to throw that out there because you never know. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley is locked in as a three-down back. but Right, and Wayne, and Wayne Gallman, um, you know, last year looked like just a guy, and I think this year um, he looks, showed something in looks more impressive. Yes. So – I don't know if it was one of those things where it was a long, rigorous kind of first season, and a lot of guys go through that, and then they come back stronger the second season. But he definitely looked better, or it was just him, you know, com- comparing contrast with Jonathan Stewart, who looks slower than molasses. So I don't know. Whole reason I wrote his name down just to bring it up. We give a little refresher for the Wayne Gall. When's the last time we talked about Wayne Gallman? His rookie year. Okay. When we were like, I don't really like that guy that much. Moving on. <laughs> um, you brought a name to the table today. Hakeem Valles. Yeah, right. Uh, tight end for the Lions. He's, you know. The, Tell people why they should be putting him on the, the roster. Well, I mean, he, he, he was getting first team run, you know, alongside of um, Luke Wilson and Levine Tallulale. Like, I can't say that guy's name. But um, he was the guy that actually caught the passes, though. He caught seven passes, uh, 68 yards, while the other two guys combined only caught two passes for 12 yards. He looked the best. He looked the best. Um so he's a nice little guy that, you know, he's very unestablished. They don't have anyone there that's um, that they have got locked in as their tight end. And, you know, in, in an Luke offense. Wilson? No, Luke Wilson's not locked in. It's a big surprise. I mean, that's who they have on, on top of the depth chart right now. But I think um, Hakeem has shown throughout the preseason that maybe he's a more reliable target. And for me, I, I'm not. I don't give a crap which tight end is starting. I, I want the guy that's going to be catching passes and scoring fantasy points. So he's a guy that um, another guy that I threw on my my watch list uh, just to kind of monitor early. And you know, if you're in need of a tight end, something happened. Hunter Henry, you never recovered. This is a guy. You know, he's worth throwing on the bottom of your roster. Oh, my, for sure. In my I opinion. Mean- I mean, Luke Wilson, we said, I mean, earlier in the year, like a couple months, or even a month ago, like, yeah, is he like a nice stash? Could be sneaky good. He's done nothing in the preseason. Right. He's done nothing in his career. He might as well go fang, uh, film Shanghai Nights 3 for, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, or go do one of those other, you know, fine. Was that Luke Wilson or, or the other one? I can Owen remember. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson. Whatever. Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> I don't care. You know? <laughs> Get out of here. None of those guys are scoring fantasy points. Right on. Um, so I definitely like your pick of Hakeem Velez as a nice dynasty stash. Again, you know, not anybody starting this year, but nice little stash. He's a stash, man. He, and he's, a, I mean, it's not like guys haven't come out of nowhere before. You know what I mean? Like Antonio Gates, nobody knew who the heck Antonio Gates was before he was Antonio Gates. He was an undrafted free agent, had to work his way into a, a roster spot basically for two years and, and, and really learn the position. And then all of a sudden he's he's Antonio Gates. Remember, this is the same podcast I told you last year after one game that you should pick up Trey Burton and stash him on your roster because he's a free agent next year and he showed just enough where he can contribute. And all of a sudden Trey Burton's out there in Chicago looking – Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Um, so maybe Hakeem Velez can fill that role. Finally, Matt, last but not least, there's a running back out there that you stash as well. 
by the name of Sean Wilson for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a I guy. have no idea who Sean Wilson is, but you brought his name to me. So, Matt. Rookie running back out of Duke. Matt. Take the stage. Matt. Sean Wilson. Sean Wilson. Go ahead. Can I go now? They've, I've been waiting here for about five 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 foot nine, 185 pounds. So he's a, he's a slight guy slight. out of Duke. But, he's I mean, slight. He, he had over 800 yards last year at Duke, averaged five yards a carry, six touchdowns. But what really gets me is the 36 receptions that he had and another four touchdowns for, you know, 263 yards. So, I mean, all, all, all in all, he cracked over 1,000 yards last year at Duke. And for me, in somewhat of an unsettled situation, I mean, obviously they've seen nothing out of their, you know, early draft pick in Ronald Jones. Um, and Sean Wilson is one of those guys that I just think could end up sneaking his way, especially because – because Ronald Jones is atrocious at catching passes, Sean Wilson could end up carving a nice little rollout as a PPR type of guy in this offense for Tampa Bay. All right. So, so for me, that I mean, that's it. I mean, it, it's just it's just a kind of right right player, right situation. He makes the team. You know, they keep they're keeping four guys. I know Jacquez Rogers is on the, on the roster as well, <sighs> but I mean, and Ronald Jones is there. Ronald <sighs> Jones, exactly. None of these guys are inspiring. So, um, so Sean Wilson is a guy that I'm just keeping an eye on. I've actually added him because I I had an open spot in one league. Um, just because I I like him that much, I think he's got a great opportunity. Perfect, Matt. Great, great way to wrap the show. Some valid information out there for our listeners. Uh, very happy that we're about to start the season today. Uh, good luck to everybody starting tonight. Hopefully you have a couple Eagles or a couple Falcons on your roster just to have a little uh, action in the a game. extra juice. Yeah, when I'm in 20 leagues, I have everybody on every single team. Yes, you do. I like, oh, no, I should do. I should go through my roster and see if there's any team I don't have a single player. Like, if I like out of all 20 rosters I have, everyone, like there's just, like, one team. Check, 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 check. Who knows? I think I have one. No, okay, I got Lash, I got LaShawn McCoy and Zay Jones shares. Oh, I got Josh Allen shares, too. So, oh, Buffalo, maybe? There's no way. Every team, I gotta have somebody. I'm sure team. you do. It's like 800 players. Let's see, 30 man teams, most of them, 2,600 players. Redraft. I got about 500 players under my belt. Nice. That's a lot of men under the belt, Matt. That is. Uh, so in the meantime, we're gonna, this is it. We're gonna get started. We're gonna start talking some fantasy football. Hopefully, help guide you throughout the year. You know, hopefully, again, most of the guiding goes to the off season. But now we're gonna try and look for those diamonds in the rough. Go through these games, see where we're at, and kind of get us through the season, and hopefully we end up where we all want to end up. Championships. Champions. Long live the champions. In the meantime, you can always uh, check out DynastyNerds.com for all these, like we said, dynasty stashes from our great writer, John DeMent. Um, tons of good articles at DynastyNerds.com every day. And guess what? They're free. God bless that. Our new ranking system. I know I said it was going to be out a month ago. But I'm not a developer. I don't write code. And uh, the guy that's writing the code just uh, ran a little bit slower than uh, I would have wrote it. Hey, you know, you know, take your time, buddy. And hey. I feel like at this point I could learn how to write code and write this <laughs> damn system myself. But uh, in the meantime, it's hopefully going to be here soon enough. Uh, but I did update my rankings on DynastyNerds.com. Uh, if you want to talk Dynasty on Twitter or Fantasy Football Redraft, uh, you can be up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Hit the site at Dynasty Nerds. If you want to support the podcast, you'd always do that by leaving us a rating review on iTunes. Always helps the podcast in more ways than we could possibly explain. Uh, keeps us at the top of the charts. And uh, if you want to, you know, walk out the season and support this site in a very handsomely or beautifully way, you can buy a Dynasty Nerds uh, t-shirt. 
How about that guy that uh, tweeted the other day that he actually got a high five? Got his first high five. We uh-huh. don't love that. We don't lie. I know. That was we're, great. We're not false advertisers. No, we're not. So, uh, yeah, it's the most comfortable T-shirt in the world. Guaranteed to increase your high five intake. Ask that guy walking down the street. Boom. Go on. You know, people are all playing fantasy football. You got to let the world know, baby. You play dynasty fantasy football. Yeah. You want to change people's lives? You want to make a difference in this world? Spread the word. Spread, Spread the, the gospel. Show them, Dynasty on a, fans show them on a shirt. Matt, we're back. Yes. The season's upon us. Yes, sir. There's only one thing to say. What's that? Go Browns. Oh. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.